Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about an uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mine. Wouldn't that be a story worth telling? Wouldn't that be a story worth hearing? No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to the show. This show is being recorded for February 24th, 2024. If we haven't all been rounded up in the gulags in the future, I hope you're hearing it some point. All right. First, the business. The show is not kid safe, not work safe, not safe for anyone in any circumstance. Flee right now. Bandwidth is via Cashfly under the kind umbrella a backbeat media. It is Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial attribution 4.0, unported. Theme music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com. I do not have a job. I am retired. I'm speaking for no one but myself. Anyone who thinks otherwise can suck it. Did you notice that I did the business in a different order? I cannot find my cheat sheet. Okay. I have, over the history of this um, podcast, there have been times where I was really smitten with the band Valley Lodge. I like Dave Hill. He's a good guy. I almost had dinner with him or drinks with him while we were in New York City, but he it was right before Thanksgiving, and he was going to Cleveland to be with his dad. Narrowly missed hanging out with Mr. Dave Hill. Um, Valley Lodge is having a new album drop in April, and there's a teaser song up now. I'm going to play it right now. The upcoming album which will come out April 19th, is Shadows in Paradise. This is uh, like a teaser song for it. Valley Lodge with I Wrote a Song. Reason to turn 
Right, that is everything you want in a Valley Lodge song. It's catchy. It's got you know, it's got all the hallmarks of Valley Lodge, and the lyrics are ridiculous from the album, upcoming album. Now, not yet, but will be soon. Shadows in Paradise uh, from Valley Lodge. That was I wrote a song. I will link to the YouTube video. I played this from YouTube because that's where they they dropped this. And if you look at the YouTube video, you will see uh, Dave Hill's dog. I've been hearing about this dog for years. The dog looks not unlike some of our dogs. So uh, uh, fun, fun stuff. All right. Fairly recently, I have done a, a very, very American thing, which is probably admitting defeat on some of the stuff I'm, I've been talking about on this show. I've been trying to get organized, and I have also relayed the arguments about the weight in my upstairs office. Um, I had the structural engineer in who said, yeah, I did the math and you do have too much stuff in here. So uh, some of it should go elsewhere or, you know, downstairs or somewhere else. So I did what any red-blooded American with too much shit does. I rented a storage space. I sort of resisted this for a while, not because I have a problem with it. What I really want is because a lot of this stuff is comic books that are they're going in there is that I don't want to have a storage space that's one of these roller-up things that's effectively a garage. I mean, I have a garage. I could put the shit in my own garage if I wanted to. I don't want that. I wanted climate-controlled, and the mom-and-pop places that are near my house that are climate-controlled were A, expensive, and B, had no vacancies. Just got the report, or I haven't even got the report. I paid the engineer for the last of the work. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Let me give this one more good look for a climate-controlled storage space. And it turned up a public storage facility that I've never seen before. I talk about going to Tractor Supply. It's like right next to Tractor Supply. I'm like, what the? why did we never see this before? So I call them up. I actually do a reservation. And it's surprisingly cheap. So this is a 10 by 10 space. And it's $49 a month. So I don't know if you've priced storage spaces lately. But that's for climate-controlled inside storage space. That's pretty darn good. Then I drive out there, you know, to you know, finalize the thing and get the keys, you know, get the keys and do all the stuff. And I, I walk in there and I, so it looks pretty new. And then I walk in and it smells brand new. <laughs> it's got that new building smell. And I asked them, I was like, how long has this facility been here? They said, we opened in December. I'm like, ah, <laughs> sort of explains everything. Explains, I think that probably over time it might get less cheap. It's not like a teaser rate like you get with the cable company. I looked at the contract. There's nothing about the rate going up in the future. I think it's that the first 
you know, the early customers get a better deal and then the later customers will get closer to the, you know, the standard deal. And I've been slowly moving shit into it. It's not, it's not far from my house, but it's also not on a drag where I would go, unless I'm going to Tractor Supply, I'm not going anywhere uh, near there on an ordinary day. However, it's not crazy far from grandpa's house. So given that I go there, you know, at least three times a week, uh, every week, I've been doing a relatively passive thing, which is as of this point, I have done almost no trips where I wasn't also going over to grandpa's house. So if I'm going over to his house, I'll throw some comic boxes, throw some other shit in there. And I've just about... I'm, I believe after I record this show, probably while Descript is transcribing it, which takes some time, I may throw some shit in the car <laughs> and uh, unload it. I, if I make one really solid Subaru Outback load, I could probably get every comic box that I'm taking for the, the near future. And then once I do that, um, I'm going to free up some, some space in my... Um, in my office. I will also free up some space in the garage because I have been taking some of the useless stuff in there. Now, my goal here um, is not to park the shit in there and leave it indefinitely. I mean, ideally, there will come a day where uh, this storage space is no longer necessary. But particularly for the Sterilite tubs and the moving boxes and things like this, the goal is to move them out. We've been in this house a little over two years. There have been times where my office was great. And there have been times where the garage was great. And there have been times where the kids' playroom was great. None of these things have ever happened simultaneously. You know why? Because Dashita is moving from <laughs> place to place. <laughs> All three of these places cannot be great at the same time. So part of what I'm doing is we will see if this works. This is the theory that I'm working under. The one box at a time theory, which is uh, in all of these places, when there's a mess in these places, it's very hard to organize out of the mess because he can pick up a box of stuff and there's boxes everywhere. And you're like, where does this stuff go? But if you take everything out and organize things, it's much easier to bring one box in, unload it, throw some of the stuff away, hopefully. Uh, you know, incorporate the stuff, put them in a tub where they need to go or file them if they need to go, put them on a bookshelf if they need to go, put them in a place. The idea being that the only valid way to keep any of these things is to have a place for it. Not in a pile, not stacked on a thing, not on top of a bookshelf, which I've got a bunch of shit on top of bookshelves. It's got to have a permanent, reasonable home in which it lives on a shelf, uh, you know, filed somewhere, somewhere reasonable. And it's really hard to do that, you know, when you're, <laughs> you're tiptoeing between uh, teetering piles of bullshit that are already there. So that's my goal is I'm moving. It, it's a little labor intensive because I'm moving all the shit to the storage space. Then I'm trying to get both my garage and my office organized and clean. And then you know, it's the same process. When I go to when I go to pick up grandpa, I get one box or one tub. And I handle that one thing. And when that one thing is handled, the next time I go by there, I'll get one more thing out of there. We will see if this helps. It's a little bit of a very American admission of defeat when you pay extra money to store stuff that you don't even 
If you cared about it, it would already be handled. It's the extra stuff. Um, I do have my Foot Locker basically ready to send to my cousin. It's On the Discord, I asked for uh, some freight shipping options. Paul Fisher suggested Amtrak shipping, uh, and that would be great, except that it apparently got suspended in COVID times and has never come back. It's like, so I'm probably going to have to UPS this thing. Which means the best rate I have seen thus far. Bearing in mind, this is a footlocker, like an army footlocker. And it weighs about 75 pounds as it is loaded up currently. That will cost $110 to ship basically a bunch of family bullshit I don't want. A lot of it, a lot of it is genealogy papers. That just feels so churlish. Somebody put effort to compile all this genealogy shit. And... I don't want it, but I also don't necessarily want to see it in the trash. <laughs> that just seems dickish. But, uh, you know, if my cousin will take possession of it, I believe in the long run, I'm more than happy to um, invest $110 in not having any of that stuff in uh, my environs. That's uh, two months of my storage space, but uh, I'm happy to have this stu- this much stuff gone permanently. There was a point in time where I had a couple picture frames. It had my mom's diplomas. Um, and it was one of these things where I was dithering. I was like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to, I don't care about these diplomas. I don't need my mom's diploma from her, uh, MFA and university of Southern Mississippi or her, uh, you know, her degree from Fort Hayes state in Kansas. I don't need these things, but do I want to repurpose the frames? What do I want to do? Well, somewhere, and I don't know what happened. I went into my office. I don't know if somebody, a human, a small human, or maybe perhaps a large dog, knocked them off of somewhere, but they were on the floor of my office. Both frames on the floor of my office, glass shattered, kind of fucked up. I'm like, well, that's unfortunate, but also now it's unambiguous <laughs> what to do with these things. So in a weird way, I suppose I was done a favor. So threw the shit in the trash and took it to the dump and the end. I was going through some more boxes, just trying to get things. I Part of the reason for not having already sent the footlocker to my cousin is I keep, since I'm moving stuff into the storage space, I'm uncovering boxes that might be at the bottom of a stack and I'm finding more family bullshit. So I absolutely don't want to have spent 110 bucks to send the footlocker and then find some more bullshit and then pay to send a second box. <laughs> it's like, ugh. So I'm holding off kind of until uh, until things settle down with the storage space, and then I will ship this stuff to them. But I found another box of stuff. I'm like, God damn it. Mostly, though, it was uh, my dad's family. So this is not something, you know, my cousin is my cousin on my mom's side of the family. So he doesn't care about any of that stuff. Um, but I did find a, an envelope. And in the envelope, it had my mom's receipt from her first semester at the University of Nebraska in 1964. (sighs) And the joke that I sent my brother in text is, I'm not sure why she kept that receipt. Was she worried that somebody was going to revoke her college dropout status if she couldn't prove she paid? (laughs) What possible reason is there for having saved this thing for 50 years? I don't know. Again, this is where uh, Sienna Stewart's um, Dying Kindness podcast is all about this. Dealing with this stuff for other people, but 
Also, somebody is going to have to clean up your shit when you die. God help me, I do not want to leave this kind of mess for anyone else who's cleaning up my stuff. So I've been trying to take care of my own things right now. I beg of you, take care of your own stuff now while you're still alive and you know able to do it. And also, whatever you do, don't have boxes where you've got junk mail. <sighs> Did I tell the story in the podcast when I was looking for Grandpa's title to sell his car? I found a pile of stuff, and it was like junk mail, uh, his birth certificate, uh, a list of fishing places in Wayne County, North Carolina, the title to his car, more junk mail. It's like bullshit right next to really important papers. Don't do that. All you do is camouflage the important stuff. But anyway, that's that. Um, because of the weird um, schedule. So my wife is working. I, we have determined she is not going back next year. So she's teaching. She will finish out the school year, and then she's done. I guess effectively she's retired, uh, like me. Um, I don't think she's as committed to not working again <laughs> as I am, but she won't have a job and no uh, immediate plans to have one. But because she's a school teacher, um, maybe she forgot how this works, but she's basically every evening she's writing papers or she's getting the next day. She basically works every evening, like most of the evening. What that means is uh, I'm by myself a lot. I watch a little bit of TV or I, you know, I fart around, I read, I do whatever. But I'm me. It's a lot of times it's me and the dogs by myself uh, in the living room. And sometimes she stays up and we fall asleep. Sometimes she goes to bed really early and then gets up early. And you know we, uh, you know we're, we're on our own. Or but but there's a lot of cases where I'm doing something and then I fall asleep in the living room. Or I'm trying to watch something and I'm falling asleep and I realize I haven't seen the last 20 minutes of this. So I stop it and, you know, sometimes I'll just stop it and then just go right back to sleep on the couch until whatever, to some point in the future. Sometimes that involves spending the entire night right there. It's like, just leave me here. I'm just too tired to even move to the bed. The most infuriating part is when I'm falling asleep. I'm watching, trying to watch TV and I'm falling asleep and I can't watch it. And I can't pay attention to it. So I get up and I brush my teeth and I get in the bed. And as soon as I, as soon as my head touches the pillow, boing, I'm awake. <laughs> There's, and my mind starts racing and I can't go to sleep. It is infuriating. This is not unique to me. This might be, uh, like everybody might go through this. This is why counting sheep is a thing. One of the things that I do is if I sit there long enough and I'm really kind of infuriated at my own inability to go to sleep, one of the things I do, I do not believe in the transcendental part of transcendental meditation, but I do actually kind of believe in the monotony of the chanting. So I will sort of just chant to myself in my head. It's like, oh, money, pod me, hum. Oh, money, pod me, hum. Quite boring. It's very much like the counting sheep. All these things have the same mechanism, which is to just give your monkey mind enough stuff to do so that it doesn't start flinging shit everywhere <laughs> and climbing the walls and, you know, smashing all the plates. You know, that, that's sort of what I do is I, I am thinking about things I've said or that I should say or emails I should send or uh, replaying arguments I've had or previewing an unpleasant conversation I have to have with somebody. It's like, you know, back when I was yelling at the Volvo dealership, it's like I would lie down and my head would touch a pillow. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to go fucking yell at those guys about my money again. Oh, 
Ugh. You know, that sort of thing. And so I I now sort of understand better. I the the people who can't sleep unless they've got the TV on. It used to seem weird to me, and now I kind of understand it. It's just enough of a engaging the clutch just enough to provide enough friction uh, you know, that your brain doesn't run free. And that I kind of understand now. And there's this podcast. I hear promos for it. It's John Moe, and he does a couple different podcasts. I don't remember the name of it. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a podcast where he has boring interviews with celebrities. And maybe it's like Sleepy Time with John Moe or something like that. But he has relatively low-key, quiet, whispery, boring interviews with celebrities. The idea being you listen to this as you're falling asleep. That's not a terrible idea. I mean, it's actually a pretty good, high-concept show. Now, people will listen to your show. No one will know what happened on your show. (laughs) If it's doing its job, people don't know what you said. But uh, it it does kind of fill a – it does sort of fill a a niche, a necessary niche. I guess all niches are necessary or they wouldn't get filled. That's just my understanding of how ecology works (laughs) as a lay person. Here's something – Bummer that happened uh, in the last week. By and large, the old sick dog, aka Coco Nakoa, but Coco uh, familiarly around the house. Um, this dog, where I'm not really concerned at this point about the peeing, but the the destruction, uh, you know, witting and unwitting. He's kind of a lumbering thing. We're not sure how much he can hear. We're not sure how much he can see. And he does tend to sometimes just walk through. He'll knock it like over a plant stand because he just sort of walks past it. (laughs) But he'll walk past it, but shoulder it over as he's going, as if he doesn't even realize he's that close to the plant stand. So that's the unwitting destruction. There's also some witting destruction, the chewing up of things. We had one of those in the last week. Not a thing I would expect to be chewed on by a dog, but it was. I opened my tablet, my less than a year old Lenovo Android tablet. And I opened the cover and the screen is fucked up. I mean, it is smashed. And I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell? Did somebody knock this over? How did this get so smashed? I mean, I've cracked the screen on an Android tablet before, but this is like destroyed. This looks like it took a bullet. I'm like, what the fuck? And it was on the floor and I'm like, I don't remember where I left it. I'm pretty sure I had it on the coffee table. Why is this on the floor? Did somebody knock it off the floor? But how did it get so destroyed falling, you know, a foot and a half off the coffee table to here? Then I looked at it closer and around the edges of the cover, it's got one of those, you know, magnetic covers so that when you open it up, the tablet turns on and it turns, you know, screen turns off when you shut it and all this stuff. And I see teeth marks (laughs) around the edge of this. And then I kind of, you know, I go into my Endeavor Morris business and I'm opening it and looking at the teeth marks and where the uh, glass is really, uh, truly destroyed. I'm like, oh, the fucking old dog. I'm gonna, I'm hanging this one on the old dog. I don't see the other two dogs having the the mojo to do this. The old dog, for some reason, knocked my tablet down and or started chewing it from off of the coffee table and decided to chew an, a tablet. And just destroyed the shit out of it (laughs) to the point where it's not even usable. I went to, so I bought a new tablet, which I'll talk about in a second, but, and I did the thing where you copy from the old tablet to the new tablet. And one of the things you have to do is there's a, um, a pop-up on the old tablet that says, yes, I consent to copying my stuff over to this new thing. But 
what I see on my screen is essentially like four copies of everything. It's like, you know, it's, it's the, the, the crack screen is, I don't know which of where on the screen, the actual, where on the screen, the operating system thinks that button is to touch. I also don't even know if the digitizer on this smashed tablet is accepting input. And it, you really have to be ginger on touching anything because there's like sh- shards of glass everywhere. <laughs> it is quite common. Like if I go to some other thing where I see other parents, it is so common that the other parents of similarly aged kids, 50% of them, when they open up their phones, their phones are cracked um, in a manner that I would find unacceptable to use for one day. Like, there's no chance. Like, really solid cracks. It's like spider webby cracks all over the phone. And they're just using the phone. Yeah, here you go. I guess on the grounds that if they fix it, if they put a new thing on there, then it's a new break risk. I don't know what the deal is. And I look at that and I think, isn't this phone now like a mandolin slicer for your fingerprints? Like, how do you not slice your finger every time you deal with this thing? And now my my tablet looks as bad or worse as all those phones that I have deemed uh, completely unacceptable from the other parents. So what I did, I looked around, and uh, surprisingly, the Walton family came to the rescue on this. The Lenovo tablet that I bought, um, I got at Best Buy on some sort of, I mean, it's a pretty good spec Lenovo tablet. But I paid, I think, 160 or 170 It was... 45% off when I got it. It was not a Black Friday deal, but it was structured like a Black Friday deal might be. Um, and I so I went and looked at my exact same model, and it's you know $320 or something. I was like, I'm not paying $320. I liked that tablet a whole lot, but I'm not paying $320 to replace it, especially when I paid you know close to half of that uh, you know to get it in the first place. So I looked around, and Walmart sells a tablet. That is almost the identical form factor. In fact, it was a few millimeters from fitting in the old um, case. Now, I wasn't going to use the old case because it's chewed, and I just not. It's just going to make me angry to have to use a case that has dog chew marks on it. But I was just curious. I'm like, this looks like it's really close. And in fact, the screen protector that I had on the old one didn't protect it. It protects it from scratches. It does not protect it from apparently canine teeth. Um, but the screen protector actually fit on that. I, and I had a two-pack, so thank God for small mercies. When I got this on, O-N-N tablet, which is, I guess, the Walmart house brand for electronics, um, I got the 11-inch tablet. It was 159 bucks, I think. By and large, I'm really enjoying this thing. One of the things the kid wanted uh, for birthday was uh, uh, an Android tablet. We got For Christmas, we got a new computer, and instead of a laptop, we got a desktop because... For the same budget, there was a lot more computer that could be had. But then the kid just wants something that can be dicked around with while lying in the bed. So a cheap Android tablet just for that purpose. And uh, I got a Lenovo that was, you know, less, it was down market from what I got, but similar sized. Had I known about these Walmart tablets, I should have bought one of those for like a hundred bucks. I'm never buying another Kindle Fire again, partly because they're underpowered. Um, and they just, they just take a shit over time. I have a Kindle file from not that long ago. It's the one that all I do with it is use it to watch the cameras to see where dogs are and what the, what's happening at the front door and just power, like starting it up went from the screen being blank and opening stuff takes two minutes. 
It's so slow. And I don't know. I've done things. I go to web pages like how to speed up your Kindle Fire. I've erased the partition. Things tell I boot into recovery mode and erase a partition. It's still slow. So I'm just I'm just done with Kindle Fires. I think in general, I'm done with any bit of hardware from a company whose main incentive is to sell me content. I just don't want those in my life uh, at all again. There's something about this on tablet occasionally. Like let's say every five minutes, there'll be about 10 seconds where it seems like it doesn't accept input. It's a little bit frustrating. It's it's kind of random where I tap and it just doesn't respond. And it's never like frozen for a really long time. It's just long enough. Like if, if it was a few seconds shorter, I might not even notice it. But it's like maybe 10 seconds. Like I said, 10 seconds every 10 minutes. Just enough that when it happens, I go, God damn it, not this. So other than that, you know, for the price, it seems to be all right. I use it for a similar reason that the kid does. I read comic books on it. And I fart around and I browse the web on it in a way that's just easier for my old eyes to read than on my phone. But in general, I don't do anything serious with it. So uh, it doesn't need to be super powered. I don't need a $500 iPad. I don't need a $500 Galaxy Tab. The Thus far, the $150 uh, Walmart tablet seems to be all right. Now, of course, my Kindle Fire, when it, you know, two days out of the box, seemed great. <laughs> So we'll see how this uh, on-tablet ages. We'll also see if uh, I can keep it out of the teeth of the dog. That's job number one right now. No more more dog chewing. We've got dog chew toys everywhere. And yet somehow uh, shoes, books, uh, tablets, those are the things that are really more fun than the actual dog toys sitting right next to all of those things. All right, I'm going to take a fine sip of this fine Today Americano. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Ember Mug. Perfect. Oh, that's good stuff. I don't know when uh, this happened, but the social contract around um, your devices, I guess it happened in the smartphone era. when Everybody has this stupid thing in their pocket that has a little speakerphone on it. But the social contract about what you can do out loud or with headphones, really seems to have altered fairly recently. Like 15 years ago, I don't remember people walking around with their phone in speaker mode all the time. Um, But I swear to Christ, every day of my life, if I'm out in public, somebody is like on a FaceTime call with somebody, no earbuds, no headphones, they're just, it's just like out loud. They're talking to somebody, either a voice call or a video call or something, and I'm hearing both sides of this. I don't, I will tell you, it does not matter who you are in the world. I do not want to hear your bullshit. It's bad enough I have to hear half this call. I absolutely do not want to hear the other side of this call. And I just don't know. Uh, I don't know when that happened. It seems to me like such an obvious dick move <laughs> to be in a public space, a grocery store, a subway car, uh, with your phone in speakerphone. Now, this is the old, this is old man me. This is, I get a lot of old man bullshit. Uh, not just the old man in our life, but other old men. I went to the barbershop today and fuck that. There's a lot of old men who can fix the world. A small town bar or a small town barbershop is full of people who could solve every problem in the world if anybody uh, would, would just listen to them. Now, they may not have finished high school. 
but they can solve every problem in the world easy because that's that's the nature of these kinds of joints. And, and it's very much an old person thing to be really, really worked up about problems that don't actually concern you at all, affect you at all, but somehow the way the kids, whatever, wear their pants or their hair just really bugs you. And it has for thousands of years. That's, I guess, old people just consider it, um, just consider it their privilege, their right to just be bugged by shit. And this might be me stepping into that role. I guess maybe um, it's becoming my time. But that, I really, when people do that, it's, it is it is to me the audio equivalent of like the people who leave their diapers in the parking lot of a grocery store or the people who are rolling their cart, unload their cart, and then just kind of shove it into the – I you know, like you find carts in the actual driving lanes. <laughs> it's like, you lazy fuck. Why, you couldn't – and especially what drives me crazy is when they're out there where your car drives and it's, I don't know, less than 10 feet from the actual buggy return. It's like you couldn't – push it the other 10 feet. You couldn't carry your diaper with you. You couldn't put this thing up against your ear. You couldn't buy an earbud. You couldn't, they sell $10 headphones at every gas station you've ever been to in the last 10 years. Buy one of those things and plug it in. Buy the fucking USB-C adapter if you need to. But what, like, these are all you fucking around with the common space. Like, the common space is common. It's not yours. It's not your sole um, resource. <laughs> so I got to find something. You know, having a standard play. This is where this is where the run book idea comes from. You know, having the script or you don't have to improvise. Um, you know, the w w when a telemarketer calls you, they have a script and it's got the flow chart. And if you say this, you go this way. And you get, they're not making decisions. They're following the, the thing. And, you know, lots of companies have this thing, the run book, you know, the the in this situation, this is what we do. We do this step and then this step. So instead of having to improvise, I need to have the somebody's got their loud FaceTime call in public. Should I? I don't know. This is a good one for suggestions. What I want to be a counter dick to those people, perhaps in a way that makes it really obvious that they're being a dick and I'm just responding to them being a dick. Like, should I play Black Sabbath really loud on my phone? Should I should I maybe you know, like crank War Pigs every time that happens, or uh, like something maybe Lieback or Lou Reed's Metal Machine music, like something less melodious than War Pigs. <laughs> You know, something uh, something that nobody is going to enjoy. <laughs> should I should I um, try to talk to that other person? Hey, how you doing? You know, I mean, I know it's not my business, but I can hear your goddamn call. So maybe maybe if you don't want me talking to you, somebody should put this not on speakerphone. Hey, how about that? That's a little bit more in your face than I'm thinking about. I'm thinking more uh, passively aggressive than actively aggressive, but you know it's all on the table. If you get good ideas, or if you do a thing, uh, let me know. David Evil Genius Chronicles dot org. We'll uh, we'll address this in a future show. But boy, it just it just gets me right. It's just so deeply inconsiderate. I almost accidentally did one of the most inconsiderate things, a thing that makes me angry when other people do it, and I almost did it because I just didn't notice it, where traffic, 
I was going through an intersection and then traffic stopped like there. And I'm exactly halfway at this intersection. And I'm looking up the green light in front of me thinking, don't change right now. Don't change right now. And I was out there for a long time. I was out there for like 60 seconds. Like the whole time I'm thinking, don't change. I don't want to be the dick who keeps the cross traffic from moving because I'm the dick out in the intersection. I swear to Christ, it seemed like it was moving. When I, 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 my policy is don't enter the intersection if you can't get out of the intersection. But it stopped so suddenly that I didn't, like, I wasn't even on my radar that traffic is about to stop. We're just going, going, going. Then we stopped. I was like, oh no. Oh no. I am almost that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I don't like that guy. I especially don't want to be that guy. So, anyway, I'm going to do something. Uh, Knowing uh, that my politics are progressive, probably like other people from outside of this area of the country uh, get wigged out by this. But I almost always, if I vote in a primary, I almost always vote in the Republican primary, partly because that's where almost all of my local races get um, decided. Like I'm, it, it, a lot of times, like there's not a Democrat running for school board, you know, so if I don't vote in the Republican primary, I don't get to vote. You know, it, it's already decided there is no vote in the general election because it was all decided in the primary because they're all running unopposed. So I have to do that. And I'll, quite often the Democratic primary is the only thing it does for you is to decide which hump is going to lose in the general election. That's absolutely true for statewide offices. Like, I don't care which Democratic gubernatorial candidate will lose to the Republican. I do, it doesn't matter to me. Either whichever one of them, I don't care. Whoever can lose, I'm I'm unaffected by that. This time I'm voting specifically because I'm voting for Nikki Haley over the other person. Um one thinks that as a former governor of this very state that she might do okay. I she's probably I mean this is probably the Hail Mary of Hail Marys. But there is it's interesting tactic. Like in the campaign mailings we're getting now, straight up, no um, obfuscation of this. Uh, it is a straight up appeal to Democrats because this is an open primary state. And it says if you didn't vote in the Democratic primary, you know, three weeks, two weeks ago, you can vote on Saturday. Vote Nikki Haley. It's working on me. <laughs> she got my vote. By the way, I don't like Nikki Haley. Uh you know, she was a competent administrator, but her her policy is horrific. She was the one. So she was our governor when um, same sex marriage became the law of the land, and she had to get sued because she was denying just the state was denying marriage licenses to same sex couples, uh, basically illegally, and had to get sued uh, to to honor the federal law. So she's not a good guy. She's not a good person, but. I also don't believe that she wants to set me up against a wall and machine gun me to death. <laughs> That's where we're at. That's 2024 in a nutshell, is that she's awful, and I'm voting for her enthusiastically. I'm going to take a quick other sip. As I listen to Sounds Profitable, the podcast, and they it covers a lot of podcast douchebaggery. And... I talked last episode about how uh, swaps, which are supposed to be a great practice, more likely I will unsubscribe. Some podcasts, I guess somewhere, this is a podcasting best practice, but there are two things podcasts do when they're not doing a regular show. And it, I don't like either one of them. One is the encore episode. 
I don't listen to the Encore episode. If I remember the episode or if I was listening back then, I just delete it, unlisten to. Like, there was no point in putting that back in there for me because I ain't listening to it. If it's one that where I have a backlog and they say Encore episode, I look in the backlog uh, and delete one of the two. Either it's like I'm going to listen to it in the backlog or here I'm not listening to it twice. Quite often I'll just listen to the newly reposted one, delete it from the backlog, and it's like, okay. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a wash. I somewhere somebody says I'm sure somebody says uh, you know you got to do this. It might even be true, but one of the things I've always been excited to be about podcasting is the fact that you subscribe. It doesn't matter the the schedule the things posted on. You get that, and it will be listenable whenever it's posted. Now, the podcasts that become um, popular, a lot of them do like a twice a week, you know, WTF style thing. Post on a Monday, post on a Thursday. And somehow, I guess the regularity is comforting and it helps or I don't know. But it always drives me crazy. And the notion that you've got to keep something in there. So you got to have an encore episode that um, uh, drives me crazy. I don't like the encore episodes. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse, they used to do this on All About Android. I haven't listened to that show in years. They did this in Thought Spiral because uh, Andy Kindler was out for a week, and Josh Elvis Weinstein put together a clip show. Less than Encore, there's a lower chance I will listen to your clip show than your Encore episodes. I don't like the clip shows, particularly a clip show of something where I listen to all the clips originally. I just don't even like the nature of the clip shows. And the ironic thing about them is I know... It is a shitload of work. It is more work to assemble a clip show than it is to do a new show where you sit down and just talk for an hour to two to three hours. You know, pulling all the clips and editing them together, that is hard work. George Robb did this. You know, this is my whole thing is you do these special episodes that take extra work and I don't listen to them at all because I don't, I don't want a special episode. I'd rather have no episode than the special episode, which takes you literally zero seconds and zero effort. So that's one of those things is I, somebody probably in the list of, this is also why I am the success I am, is when you look at these podcasting best practices, I don't even like them. I don't even like to uh, accept them, which is why I don't do them, which is why, you know, I, things may be the way they are. <laughs> Maybe I could have done the pod show t-shirt thing uh, 17 years ago if I, and quit my day job if I had done better at this stuff, but Kesara. All right. Last thing for this show. It is amazing. Sometimes the minuteness of something that kind of changes the quality of your life. You know, the, uh, you know, like living in a city where things are walkable, uh, to me, like having a walkable bar is so much different from having a not walkable bar. You know, a place that is close enough that even drunk, you can make it home on foot from there. Or especially when you're drunk, you can make it home on foot from there. Like, that's just a nice thing to have in your life. Um, And one of those things happened in our life. Now, we live in the boonies. The Starbucks that I go to, it's about a 10-minute drive. It's about four to five miles. Other than the odd, you know, gas station and things like that, you don't get to the real stuff. It's, you know, miles before you get to any of them. But at one of those gas stations, really close to my house, there has been a food truck in the parking lot of that gas station for months. But recently, it started opening up. 
So I guess maybe it was just like the parking space of it. And then they started saying, well, if it's parked here, let's just serve food. So for the last couple weeks, maybe two weeks, this taco truck has been open most days. Occasionally it's closed, but like most ordinary days it's open. I will tell you that occasionally the family will buy Taco Bell. I am never, ever going to eat Taco Bell, particularly Taco Bell that's got to come from far far away, like four, five miles away. Uh, when I've got a 90-second drive away, uh, a taco truck. <laughs> now, the one thing about it, it, it's not super cheap and it's not super fast, but it is good. And they also have a thing that I had it last night. I had it a couple days ago and I had it again last night. You will note I have fallen off the Eat to Live plan temporarily where I would not be eating this kind of shit. They have a thing called the Torta Cubana, and like a Cuban sandwich. And this thing is madness. It is <laughs> so big. It's like the size of your head. It's like a $15 sandwich, but it's the size of your head. It's got so much stuff on it. It's got taco. It's kind of like, imagine like a really uh, full burrito with lots of stuff on it. It's got all that stuff and it's got more stuff. It's got like uh ham on. It's got, you know, like ham, like dried uh, cured ham. It's got pieces of hot dog on it. It's just it's insane. And uh, I find this thing delicious. Very, very soon, like maybe Monday, I have to go back on the plan because, again, pants are getting uh, tight in places pants shouldn't be tight. But, uh, oh, having that taco truck there is nice. Now, I will, I don't know. I've sort of put my foot down. This family, for some reason, uh, drags their feet about going to restaurants. And we have a real philosophical schism, which is I don't want to get carry out food and they don't want to go to a restaurant and sit down. To me, if I'm going to eat restaurant food, I want to sit at the restaurant because I sure like when you get carry out food from your restaurant, it's not cheaper because you're not sitting there. It costs the same amount of money. And then what you get is I sure hate paying full price for food that I eat and it is soggy and tepid. (laughs) I don't want soggy and tepid food. There's an Applebee's. So Applebee's is kind of on the edge of downtown. And so you can get to and from this Applebee's in about nine minutes if you really boogie. And so this family will order carry out for the Applebee's. I'm like, can't we just go and sit in the fucking Applebee's? No, they won't carry out. So you get the carry out food. And I, you know, so it's 10 minute drive. I leave in enough time that I'm sitting there when the food is ready. So they walk out with the bag. I take the bag immediately. I threw it in the car. I drive home. So I've got the food as fast as it could possibly get to my house. And I am seldom impressed with how hot or how fresh it is. You know, like just that, that's enough time for me to not be delighted with the food I'm getting. Again, that I paid full price for. What I really don't understand is you maniacs that use Uber Eats or Instacart or DoorDash or any of this shit. It's like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm devoted to getting this food there uh, with minimum delay. And I walk into these places and I can see the bags and bags of the DoorDash orders and the Uber Eats orders that are just, God knows how long they've been sitting there before uh, before I see them. And God knows how long it's going to be before they show up at somebody's house. Like at that point, it's just garbage. Why not? Like what is going on? I truly don't understand why anyone ever uses this service. I don't like to do it for myself. And I, it is literally as good and hot and as fresh as it could possibly be. And I still don't like it. Why would I pay somebody else money to bring me food that is worse than that? I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I don't understand our life here. I don't understand where we've gotten here. Again, I guess I'm an old man. I'm yelling at clouds. All right. We're going to pause right there to do something where as we leave the show, let us not forget to acknowledge these people. It is time once again for a thing we call the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, and pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, Arhuli, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoco, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Paul Reynolds, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Skeeter Murphy, Robert Gibson, Len Edgerly, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Dyko, Brian Springer, Rob Usden, John Gehring, Wayne Pittenger, Brian Jones, Joe Pollock, Jeff Dangle, J.P. Shippard, Steve Holden, Brian Hogan, Matt Beckwith, and patron in exile, Nutty Nukchas. Thank you, one and all, for supporting the shambling mess. And with that, let us kill the music. All right. Again, a parade for me. I left a hole for that thing to happen. Thank you for listening. The show notes will be up at evilgeniuschronicles.org. You can reach me, Dave, at evilgeniuschronicles.org. You can Mastodon or any form of Fediverse. You can subscribe to this blog at at Dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org. It will work. Trust me. It seems weird. It will work. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate the time and the attention. Um, Reach out if there's merch stuff that you want. I'm experimenting all this week. I'm experimenting with stuff. Uh, and we will see. If you want a coffee mug, uh, that might can happen. If you want a stainless steel tumbler, that might could happen. <laughs> Whatever. If you want some sort of, I don't know, do-rag <laughs> with my logo on it, that could happen. Bandana, like Evil Genius Chronicles bandanas, that could be done. Tell me the the kind of shit you want. If you can slap heat transfer vinyl on it, please tell me. Thank you for listening. I will catch you again next time right here. And until then, do not forget that I love you. Goodbye. There is no vote in the general reaction. Like the state was denying um, marriage licenses to same-sex couples via this route. Via this mechanism. Okay? <laughs> what am I doing? When that's over, if we're still alive, I'll clean my own fucking mess up.